0: Welcome back to my lovely IHP community and any new listeners. You are on a podcast that inspires human potential. As a person that begins and continues life from a love cycle, let me specify this, there is a difference for those of us who have no shame cycle in the way that I share with our lovely listeners from the trauma, somatics, and sensory motor experts And just when I'm looking online as an online entrepreneur an online marketer and someone who's been on this lovely digital journey mm, since the beginning of its days, basically, (laughs) I can say that there is a huge difference with all the speakers that I noticed um, in the years who basically come out of shame. So they're leading from a place of where they have this human suffering, a love cycle person we don't have this human suffering, because we don't sit in our temporal junction, when we have emotions, we're immediately in our prefrontal cortex, we're using the words that we were given to talk about emotions, and we don't numb them or deny them. And that's because we have a inner growth mindset is the word I'm going to use. And it's about inner growth. So if I'm feeling something ever since I can remember, I will always have a way that I've contemplated it. And it's not too much too soon too fast, which is why it does not and never has felt traumatic or uh, like something that I personally, again, the love cycle people, they don't feel this this, this way about society and anything that's outside. The, nothing has a power over our emotions. We will not feel victims of anything and we will not feel that we are in any type of physical life peril because of emotional situations And that is why I'm specifying this and I will keep on trying to specify it because the enlightenment soul age group is something that all people can and do move into but the shame cycle people will have a very different way that they talk about it because there will be this whole you've changed or you've peeled this you know layers of these onions and so they have a life that begins with a disconnected body from the restorative embodied self so there's dysregulation or modulation. The way that I've learned it again from somatic experts and this particularly in my Awakened Embodied certificate course and those are educational certificates, by the way. So when they talk about the restorative body, which is our nature, our natural body's way of wanting to exist in being and actually coming into potentially beingness as an infant in this way so i only know a restorative embodied self is what i'm trying to also describe right now the feeling is everything's going to be okay and there's always this feeling so the people who do not move into their enlightenment soul age group let's say they stick to their spiritual soul age group they will talk about this in the words of either a god or a source or a creator in the sense of source as if there's an entity so even akash oh i use the word but it's in the way of it's an energy a field of intelligence which equates a field of energy period consciousness is the word that i'll use but i integrate more than just one because of having to give it more context so that people can understand i am talking about this field that others will refer to and feel that it is a supernatural entity of sorts that's all the other soul age groups a 5D person who is also a mystic in the Enlightenment Soul Age group. No, we will begin a journey with the... I began my journey with knowing of God. It was never a God that would punish me or not. In fact, I actually told God what was what with a lot of things and the part of evil not existing. And I personally also shared many times when I got to begin the journey of my light body embodiment until my rainbow body embodiment and then moving into what is even more of an expanded embodiment of energy so holding more charge this has taken place i can still pinpoint those moments because it was in a consequence of years with the beginning of my clairs and really my first light body is my my confirmation because the second light body experience when it happened it made me feel like when I had my confirmation in the church, which I love, and I'm sad that I might not always be welcomed by all churches because of knowing that I'm not in the spectrum of those rigid thinkers that are sticking to a specific space. But, you know, I'm hopeful that 5D educators will move into those areas and that they will update what is really miss construed anyways in the way of the way scriptures are read and yada 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 but i'm trying to share love cycle people we feel everything's going to be okay from our body the restorative embodied experience is that so i know this feeling and i didn't know of somatics as i was growing up so i didn't know that it's a way that every person's body feels until there's a disruption all the other people that have shame cycles it's not a um experience that's outside it begins in your body so there's heartbreak gut wrench torn apart that's for trauma that's unresolved and that's this disgust and I've seen the reactions of people like when I say being yourself many will think no I have to change myself if I stay myself and it's not about the words it's the feelings they have inside that indicate a shame cycle or not, because a person who doesn't have shame of themselves, so they feel worthy, at the very least will say, yeah, I want to be myself. I've gone through a lot of different beautiful experiences. There's ways that people who don't have shame of being themselves will respond. And those individuals, for example, because there's plenty of other love cycle people, they will talk about transformation in a very different way. You'll see that they use what would be post-traumatic growth verbiage and they will not necessarily refer to their experiences as traumatic and the ones who are in fact in the spectrum of expansion from this angle are used to presenting transformation and enlightenment with a cheery and proactive and energized predisposition not something that you must struggle to they will not talk about it being hard to work with yourself the people who talk that it's hard to work with yourself they come out of a dysregulated modulated embodied experience so they come out of a body that did not know how it was to feel everything's going to be okay they also walked out of a mind that had a rumination cycle and that's where in the future episodes i actually forget to mention this but it's uh for my regular listeners you'll notice it because you'll be tuning into it For anybody who's new, it won't matter because I'm still going to share with you the concept. So, but there's this uh, video that I watched of the love circuitries and what turns on in our brain. And the lady was saying, I forget her name. She's a neuroscientist, but she says the neurotransmitters of love are different for when you feel love for a mother and you have a mother, a parent and love for a partner. Okay. Now... The different receptors would be for a mother, I think it's the simply put, the oxytocin gene hormone, and that is activated in all of our bodies when we are in our ventral vagal state. So when you're in a physiological state of compassion, what machines for the people who study our lovely mind and body, so neuroscientists, mental health professionals, somatic sensory motor trauma experts, they all, we have researchers that do studies and we have the licensed practitioners that Contribute to sharing and and so on and so forth. So, the oxytocin gene hormone is released when your ventral vagal state is engaged and when you're in a physiological state of compassion. This means your insula lights up. The isola or insula. This is what connects your head to your body. So your masculine is your head, your feminine is your body. Then the uh, amygdala lights up because our limbic system is what will alert us to if there's something of value of interest and the amygdala is alerting yourself to that now from that you move to the temporal junction which is where you would relate to situations based on your past experiences and then you move into the prefrontal cortex though taking in the information that's being presented with the proactivity of your one differentiated self so you're not part of the situation you are you so you're mindful that you are a person and there and you're taking in information here's mahasamadhi samadhi independently so whether it's a conversation where your belief systems are being attacked or whether it's something that's happening of unknown in your life right in that moment nothing of physically life-threatening okay but whatever's happening that's alerted you you're not in your brain compulsively reacting to it emotionally what I mean by this is you have immediately if you're this is again for the people who are here they're in a mind sight mindful mind sifting they're in an integrated mind and a restorative embodied self if there is the ability to be all of what I'm describing in one second and I've had a situation where and or more where that was taking place I'll describe it. Okay you don't need any special superhuman powers But this is a practice that begins and ends within you if you have a relationship with your body, the sensations that arise. Those are those emotions. People don't think of that because they don't know one somatics and sensory motor and trauma expert information. But even without any of this, I was a kid, as I was saying, love cycle people don't feel victims to our emotions. We are not subject to that sitting in the temporal junction. I'm going to go back to the lady and what she talks about with dopamine and Serotonin in a minute because she talks about rumination with one of the two. <clears throat> and rumination is a person in their temporal junction with the emotion that came up, thinking of the past. So they're not in their prefrontal cortex, they're not in their third eye. For the lovely mystics that are in 4D land, their third eye is something they don't access because they don't grow up from the adaptive child. I'm broken. They're broken. It's my fault. It's their fault. Uh, I hate you. You hate me. It's unfair. They're unfair. So all the adoptive child emotion responses are consistently, in a way, not of bringing repair or rupturing, uh, no repairing ruptures. So here's where my group, your group, a person who's in their adoptive child is going to be instinctively using their emotion. I'm going to prove I'm right. I'm going to control the situation and or you, I'm going to make it all about me or any is I'm going to have this way of creating a conversation that's not a conversation, likes not likes, right not right, okay, I'm going to try and argue with you and the minute that you keep on doing whatever's unpleasant to me, I'm going to retaliate because you just hurt my feelings and I'm going to then withdraw, you know, imagine a child but the child is doing what they're doing because they actually don't have emotional maturity. The adult simply has justified because, you know, this is where uh, until recently, the word mindfulness was not in the mouth of more people. But even so, until recently, it was justified to react. Really, it was just not something. In my book, people have been taught how not to react. And those who moved into their lovely expanded consciousness are the ones who, like me, say it's very easy for you to apply your free will when you choose to interact. Now, it's also fair to say those with a dysregulated and modulated embodied experience is not as easy. So, Shame cycle people, they have a shame Teflon brain. They will have ways to justify the shame, the blame, the fault, the revenge. In fact, that's where they will be reactive and not pause to reflect and pause to calm and pause to be mindful of themselves and another and or a group and say I have no right to be in this charge state and to use it towards other human beings or at the very least to recognize my emotions are very up right now so I'm not in the clarity of my mind. I'm not actually open to this conversation. I'm upset. Okay, so when you have a relationship with your emotions, you will stop being the two-year-old, five-year-old, or the adult who wants to justify the frustration, anger, and emotion that arises and allow it to lead the way. When I see rigid thinkers talking about emotions as stupid, there are some, they have licenses, degrees, and all this stuff, and they got people following them, and they tell them emotions are stupid. They tell them compassion is stupid. These same people are insulting their colleagues they are insulting the system they are insulting what is new because they don't like it because they don't have any control even though they think they do they don't have any awareness of their rock body hiding their complete lack of vulnerability because if they even bothered trying to really do compassion work those people would have a major major uncomfortable moment and or more. So Their body's entire demeanor will be something. In fact, we see it. Male, female, doesn't matter. When I see someone standing in a specific way and talking about emotions in a specific way, I'm not going to interact with them, one. And I'm not going to pose any type of, here, contemplate this, because I already do this with people who are open to their expansion. And it's amazing what honesty will do when you have authentic conversations and that their body will literally immediately shake away with fear and say, no, 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 no. So you will naturally know a person who is mindful, enlightened, and the grown-up of the group what not to do, which is let's not provoke an unnecessary emotional breakdown which can lead to, whether it be anger or sadness, it's not nice. We don't meddle with states of consciousness because that's not something straightforward. Disregulated and modulated embodied people have reasons why their body had a disruption and the shame cycle is one of those areas that they can if they want to look into. Being met with compassion beyond a reason will allow that compulsiveness to shatter and that is the beginning of a journey for those who choose to embark on, wow, I got seen and this person is trying to meet what I'm doing and talking. Wow, this feels nice. It feels nice to be seen. It feels nice to be heard. It feels nice that even though we have completely different opinions, I can enjoy and enrich myself and be in this conversation. That's what people do when they're in mindful relational experiences and that's the functional adult and those of us who are somatic empaths, so we're a 5DC mystic, potentially some of you not necessarily a mystic, but you still are self-empowered, enlightened, and you're 5D, so you're in a state of consistent, uncontrolled love towards yourself and humanity, compassion. So you move your brain and your body and or you're here into an integrated mind, left, right mode, all hands on deck, and your body is, everything's going to be okay the difference. Again, those who had a shame cycle moving into, they talk about aspects of the body as hard and challenging because of the way they experience that. And once they move into the restorative embodied self, then they gain an awareness. I try to spell it out so you can know that emotions are not hard or easy. It depends on the body type. The 5D body type is what I use as an integrated mind and a restorative embodied self. The 4D, 3D body type will be dysregulated, modulated. I'm just going to group them all up because it doesn't really make a difference. They all will talk about life in ways. If they move into their 5D mindset, then they will be able to start talking about their experiences in a way of supporting other people to know that emotions are not hard or easy. They're emotions. And they have a reason for being there and it's called you have a nervous system and a brain. And we have a flight-fight-freeze mode and we also have a ventral vagal social engagement mode. So as I was saying, when you are able to know I'm physically safe, in an exchange of opinions, you begin a very different type of journey. If you move into my beliefs don't have to match yours and that does not equate any good or bad, it's my beliefs don't have to match yours. And in my body, from my heart, I will choose to know and acknowledge that I do not need to feel yucky or angry or any of these things. And if I do, that's my personal idea and preference. And I actually should be aware that the emotion is going to affect the conversation. That's the part of when you, if you want to move into the grown-up of you, of course, again, emotionally speaking, you move into true respect of others. This true respect is where I acknowledge that my preferences and yours don't have to match. Why respect and why true? Because that's what differentiated selves, integrated minds. We can link and join. We do not merge. You are not going to match my own thoughts and emotions. I will not expect you to. That is not what creates security for me because there is no need for that when it comes to building relationships. Don't need to attach to you. You don't need to attach to me. We can independently be our grown-up versions together and accept that the connection is created in a secure format, meaning we care about each other and consistently through time show this by being involved in each other's lives. No need to attach. Again, that's the love cycle people, the shame cycle people. And if there are people who have a love cycle, but they choose to want to consistently attach, I don't actually think that's possible. But again, I'm not going to be here speaking for all. So I'm going to speak from my personal experience, love cycle. We don't attach because love is love. Our nervous system is consistently in engagement with all, which is why we don't know separation, which is also why we tend to be polyamorous, because we actually don't differentiate how much we love one person to the next it's just the feeling that will always be there the oxytocin gene we're safe and so we're social and the part of building a connection that's where it's time that will show us that we are connected because people stay in your life and when people go away in your life you learn how to work with that so here's where those experience experiences of when we have as we grow up people leaving us we will know that they leave we will note it very easily because they will have left and then we will note how we will feel and it won't be hard or easy it's called emotions we will learn in fact one thing that i did all on my own is why am i using good or bad emotions or emotions this is just doubling down on when i'm going through experiences and that's where again love cycle people will be like oh what was i doing my entire life how did that come to be? Oh, wait, that's right. People outside, they're all writing about these feelings and they're putting these ones in good boxes and those in bad boxes. Well, they just doubled down on people who want to process emotions equally. So we can call it equanimity. Thank you. There you go. So love cycle people naturally move into the spectrum. Those of us who did not ever have separation from this field of consciousness, and this is why I'm trying to describe it. We don't know human suffering, we only know it because other people present it to us and then we feel sorry and sad and we're like, wow, wait a minute, but I'm not supposed to feel sorry or sad because it's your life, not mine, I'm here to support my loved ones so I won't feel sorry or sad. We do get sad though in time when we see people consistently moving into their suffering again and again and again or we'll be like, wow, okay, I'm really going to disengage from this because apparently this is like the norm for them to do this roller coaster and come and, and present it as if it's this drama, but they really aren't trying to move out of it. We learn equanimity and how to be adult versions again and again and again with our emotions is what I'm talking about, and our mouth, of course, as well, because the other part is as those people grow up, they don't grow up emotionally so the words matter and how they're going to interact but back to the lady so when in partnerships the oxytocin gene hormone goes on because you are in your social engagement system so that compassionate state is the insula lights up the amygdala temporal junction prefrontal cortex and you are socially ready to be there with all these people If there's the partner, so with the partner thing, it's really if you have sex together that will release the dopamine and the serotonin. In the absence of that, obviously, there's not going to be those types of um, neurotransmitters, if I'm not mistaken, because you don't have intercourse. When you have intercourse, that's going to activate a certain type of chemistry because that's what's going to take place in your brain. In the absence of it, though, this is the spectrum of love, is love. So when you can understand that being in a physiological interaction with someone then can strengthen, duh, we know that. But as the lady was presenting, lust is what takes place first. For people who want to do the whole, let's create a relationship that is attachment-based some don't do the attachment-based stuff okay so polyamory a solo poly for example is where we are our primary partner knowing what we want to do in life uh, mentally emotionally with our finances with our job all of this stuff an individual with a love cycle who's 5d from the get-go will know what's going on with where they're headed because we don't actually waste any of the time that we have because there's also this awareness everything's going to be okay i have free will and my life could end from today to the next that's the unique aspect that i will share for those who are in the enlightenment so a troop they will have a knowing of making the best of every day because It's like in your body, this thing of knowing that life's a precious gift because in your body life's good. And then that's why it's a whole different way that we talk about transformation that comes from our oversoul. And that's why for anyone who is a person who feels very much in tune with a 5D mystics lifestyle and a lightworker, we have paid subscription-based model content. If you have questions about a lightworker's Journey, life, ascension, energies, astrology, all that stuff, or the Oversoul, twin flames, soulmates, and you want to have conversations that are five D related. We can use all different verbiage, of course, but five D related because when others are talking about karmics and souls and flames, and yet they use words that I do know, but I want to create a community of people who move beyond this because there's also the human stuff to So as I was describing, when you do recognize what takes place within your brain, when you connect with a person on a physiological level, you'll understand the breakdown of the physiological component, which is of necessary importance for you to be empowered with information, not to treat the relationship as something scientific. Because I get it, people don't think of a relationship in technical terms and i i am in a complete boat of letting you in on the fact yeah we're not all connected in the same close-knit way okay there is an oversoul you will know your oversoul you will know your oversoul whether you come at enlightenment or the other soul age groups but with a awareness of 5d if you will you will come to know who are your loved ones because you will look back always on all of the loved ones and there's something special for every encounter you have. So for me, for example, I've always had a good gut. Immediately as a teenager, as I got older, it was natural for me to know who would be my forever friends and who wouldn't. In fact, to this day, my forever friends are my forever friends. They're clear on an energetic imprint. This doesn't mean that we always talk, no we build secure connections. What does this mean? It means that we have accepted who we are. This doesn't mean that others are considering me in that same format. This is where we are differentiated selves. So for me, Maria, the person I choose, if my connections are secure to me or not, based on how I feel and based on my conceptualization. When people want to use societal structure to create their own security, they're going to use words. I'm a person who's solopoli and relationship anarchy, non-hierarchical relationships are actually all that I embrace. Since I was a kid, I didn't like using words. In fact, my teenage boyfriend, I remember once we became boyfriend-girlfriend because we were friends before we got into a relationship, I didn't like that word. I was like, what's this word? I mean, you have a name, I have a name. Did I believe that we would get married? Yes, I was introduced to marriage through every single movie that you'll ever watch, you know, and here's where we're not going to go out the polyamorous, person and say, oh, everybody has to now accept that we exist. That is something that I feel quite unnecessary personally. Also, I feel that before that could even be a potential, people need to understand their attachment category, need to understand their emotional insecurities. And, and I'm serious need because if you don't know that your emotions rule you, you're two, five-year-old, it is destabilizing in a way that I find unnecessary to go into a polyamory situation. The ones who do it, they do go, go out of their, they pursue growth. They, they move into a post-traumatic growth. So they do a lot of self-empowerment. However, uh, it's, again, unnecessary to promote a type of, whether it's orientation or lifestyle, to the entire world. This is what I'm trying to get at. So there's always a group somewhere, whether it's the flat earthers or polyamory group or, you know, other groups, we have these groups, they speak up for themselves, which is great and dandy. The speaking up is where the shame cycle lies. And it's not necessarily a cycle, but it's a social emotion shame. So they are trying. Why is there shame? If I'm a group and I'm now voicing, I'm voicing because I want to be seen, sued, secure, safe. So as a society, we live with 8 billion people. The groups want to be seen, sued, safe to be themselves. They want to be completely unconditionally loved. This, you can take the individual self and the group self. You're going to find the equated insecure motion. So here's where if you are a secure person of a group. So again, I am a polyamory oriented person. Since a teenager, I just didn't have a word. And the same thing, though, is I had an idea of partnership, for example. That would be secure attachment because you do have an idea that That love is not about one person, but that you can securely attach. That would be that word, life partner. That's where life partners don't exist for the solo poly at a certain point, obviously, in the journey. Because, again, a teenager is not going to know of all of their choices yet. And that's the difference with orientation versus lifestyle. Orientation is where I was like, wow, I have a word that represents how I love now. Okay? And for lifestyle, instead, it's I want to have more partners to sleep with or to do stuff with. So there's reasons for the lifestyle people to choose a polyamory lifestyle. But as I was trying to say, I find that monogamy supports people if done with the effective psychoeducators who are teaching people about this attachment because our mammalian heritage leads us to have began life with a couple of attachment figures, okay? So if we want to be realistic, we know we have a family of origin. And that's where even if alloparenting is what our mammalian heritage is, going to be or is period it's not going it is we have the two caregivers and then you have potential siblings so the allo parenting or the allo meaning you're attaching to more than one figure it's going to be your household and then whoever adult figures are important in your life then when you move to your teenage years This is where there's this um, pruning process. This is all information from my interpersonal neurobiology class. Not all, some of the brain stuff. (laughs) Some of the other stuff, like the dopamine, serotonin, and oxytocin from the love lady. She's a whole other person, and this is from a video on the well or big think okay, and so she explains why people get hooked to each other after having sex, and she says it's lust, and you need to figure out if your ideal partner's in time, so give it time, blah, 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 and then she suggests to couples what to do, and I say yada, yada, because see, this is where she's treating it as a complete, you know, technical thing, and if you need to have chemistry released in order to be interested in a person, that's not love, in fact, it's chemistry, which means you're hooked on, you're hooked on a feeling. (laughs) That's uh, one of those songs. But the part about awareness is what I'm getting to. 5D individual who's in the Enlightenment Soul Age group is not hooked on people because of a dopamine and serotonin hit. We don't get hooked to our loved ones. We'll feel at our heart that they're our oversoul. This is where the mystics Come into the mix. This never changes. No matter how much information I learn, I'm able to share with you more and more about the oversoul with the human terms, which is great because that way you can disengage from thinking of any human being in your life as a toxic person or a karmic person or any of those words that people use when they don't know compassion and they don't know about being a grown up in their own body, okay? I'm going to put it this way. So I, I know that the shame cycle people who still live in shame don't agree. They can go and do their thing. I'm not here to voice separation and limited consciousness. I'm here to voice infinite higher human consciousness, oneness consciousness, which means all life exists. All people are lovable and we will find a way to bring harmony to this planet and that is all (laughs) anyone who wants to sacrifice and suffer go for it i'm not going to support your suffering or your sacrifice i'm going to find a way to ensure people move into what can exist because human suffering is of the temporal junction in people who ruminate back to the lady lovely lady i think it was dopamine or uh it was serotonin one of the two neuroreceptors are what take place when people begin to ruminate. Rumination happens with particularly anyone who does not have a restorative embodied self and has an attachment, insecurity, and or more. So they will think of a hero, villain. They will make up stories in their brains. They will consistently be in their own story. They will play role-playing in their mind and they will live in those emotions and they will not have the courage to move out of that because of fear of failure because of an unworthiness shame cycle they're unaware of because emotions are considered stupid to take a look at now emotions are not stupid they are what creates a tsunami feeling that's your window of tolerance very important to note because this is exactly why we have somatic sensory motor and trauma therapists the good ones or anyone who's serious about supporting people like i am with mentorship personal development to spell out the human stuff, not to be the intuitive shamanic guide alone and say, hey, let me lead you out and because I am an anointed one. No, we're not anointed. We are intuitives because we're connected and are connected consistently to this field called consciousness, it's energy. Anyone can achieve their connectedness if they move into restorative embodied self-integrated mind. So here, you're not going to get half ass anything here. You're going to get it straight. I don't know shame cycles. I would not want to. It feels horrible. It seems horrible. And I plan on sharing with anyone who wants to get out of it. Hey, there is a way. But first, stop thinking that you are a victim of your emotions or a victim of someone else and manipulate all these things. Let's talk first and stop with the victimization of it all. It's called trauma. It's called unresolved. It's called we all begin life as an infant. No human being begins life with the idea and what I should say no human being knows that you are broken off from this restorative embodied self in the way that the somatic experts explain it and Daniel Siegel one of his books I can't wait for it to be out because he explores a load of other things and one of them is this rupture from when you come out of the womb and a rupture that then creates this, um, your body gets cold and it feels disrupted and not safe anymore. So your body is your first and foremost environment, and it will lead your mind to feel unsafe or safe, your default mode network, scanning others in the self. So those of us who are 5D body types and mind types, we will always have known... Everything is going to be okay. And that's where I'm going to bring back my examples. With God, I knew everything's going to be okay. But this God was not someone who could punish me or not. No, no. The feeling, always pure love, pure essence of life at the heart. And so when met with anything that was not in this space of the ventral vagal, nervous system of others. I could note it, okay? So this is where noting it didn't change how I personally treated people. I consistently treat people with compassion and love, and my ventral vagal does have a no, and this is where people will always notice when I begin to get into respect my boundaries, and I will tell you until you start to respect them, and if you do not, I will keep telling you And you know, here's what's uh, amazing when you have (coughs) external observers, because the family of origin always has a way to try and allow their loved ones to fit and merge into one space. And what does this mean? Our oversoul likes to feel that we're one and when you're different from each other, they start to get emotionally insecure, and if you're a role model for any of them, all these things, or whatever your role is within a family, you will notice they will try to make you (coughs) fit in their boxes, this can be a family, the community, all of it, okay, so I have my oversoul, and yes, The majority of them love to remind me of my quirks and whatnot. Okay, so we get to laugh together. That's why they're not objective about their feedback. (laughs) They are loving, I love all my loved ones. Uh, When they tell me aspects about my personality, I simply listen and put it to the side so that I may understand if I get a reaction from someone why that is. But they don't lead the way. Long story short, remember the story of the big man baby child? That is my friend who I've told you before. They have an attached cry for sure, but it gets all excited. They also have a personality that they've just stuck to. And I I still am like, now I am observing them more and more and more. And I'm like, wow, okay, this is really interesting. Because, you know, the 4D community, they want to talk about zombies. No, no, there ain't no zombie. There, There are people and they are literally like, present in their persona but you can tell that their mind has so much more that it could be like and i'm not laughing in a way of oh i'm laughing at them no they're beautiful they want to stay that way i can perceive the disconnect meaning the self of them that still has potential the brain of theirs that can move into other spectrums the personality the identity they've claimed and that they are actually living so their consciousness has no awareness of their subconscious stuff. And therefore, that infinite potential is not something they are accessing. They're not suffering from it. They're happy. In fact, that's the point. Long story short, though, this individual who I got to have a beautiful conversation on polyamory with, for example, and they, dis- they are in favor of monogamy. And as we got talking, <laughs> they expressed their opinions about some of my lovely uh situations and uh, i was like you know that's not fair to say but okay you know because they were talking about emotional security and i said "Uh, really who have you met that actually is a person who takes ownership because i i'm still looking to see people be vulnerable completely i've not seen that i've seen people hide their vulnerability again and again again from themselves each other and this is something that I don't bother trying to, you know, this vulnerability you choose if you trust someone enough to be open-hearted with them. You can't force someone. It's, It's not something I've ever done because I wouldn't share with you something that is vulnerable if I don't want to. That's, again, a request that seems quite not right to do, but people think, anyways, People think they're doing vulnerability. They really aren't until they're truly sharing their soul with each other. And it doesn't have to be a soul, but it's like everything that you feel in life. I've done it. I've done it to the point of where it's embarrassing. And uh, this is where it was embarrassing because of not being supported, if you will, in kindness. But it's okay because I don't need to be supported. I made the conscious choice to be open hearted. So a love cycle person will be vulnerable. Why would I hide who I am from people that I'm choosing to build connection with? This is ridiculous. It's a waste of time. (laughs) If there's one thing we don't like, is people wasting our time. Because we don't have to be friends. We don't need to be in each other's lives. So don't, don't waste each other's time. But we also understand that not everybody experiences vulnerability. That's what I'm trying to say. People don't. They experience their adaptive child that's very limited compared to the depth of the experience of your true self. But to get there, there's the intrapersonal that you will have first. And that's where the unresolved trauma stops people in their tracks because they don't want to feel heartbroken, torn apart, and they don't know how to go into their emotions with compassion because, again, emotions they will say are stupid. They disregard them and they deflect that's shame, blame, fault, revenge, or just deflecting it because of the mammalian heritage, again, we learned to co-regulate, so there will be seeking people who can support you. Hopefully, people have friends and loved ones that expand together, and that means they get to become more emotionally secure. If they choose intrapersonal journey, they move into complete expanded versions of themselves. That's a choice that I haven't seen people do. Again, because once they find their group, that oxytocin is released. So they're good with their group. Then they got their one partner. And that's why we don't meddle with that. They are happy. We're happy for them. It's it. It's done. It's not because of some entity coming to punish you <laughs> that the mystics of the 5D land will not meddle. We don't meddle because we, we wouldn't meddle to begin with. We, we don't you can't meddle. I'm sorry. You cannot meddle. I know 4D thinks you can't. No, there is no, none of that. But you know what? I'll do another episode on this topic <laughs> to conclude our table talk. Because right now. I'm thinking about all the 4D mystics. Oh man, I swear. So long story short, this beautiful human being, as they witnessed me tell big, man baby child to stop touching me (laughs) not that they were not touching me in ways that were inappropriate the thing is they like that um people have shared or asked oh is that your partner okay so this is something that makes the people that work there laugh and they're supporting the joke Okay, and this reminds me of going back to teenage land when me, Maria, as a teenager would get very pissy and so I haven't changed, which is why this person, I have seen the pattern. I know the way the subconscious of this person is working and I see the group supporting the joke. Okay, long story short, I laugh at all of this. It doesn't bother me. Let me make this clear. However, I am a person that knows the importance of maintaining specific types of it's not boundaries it's that a child needs to be I I hate saying it they need to have structure and if allowed to do things it gets into spaces where they don't know how to long story short I am seen as serious by my loved ones because they're saying you can't take a joke I am not taking it as a joke or not a joke I am aware of what I have going on and I'm maintaining a level of um, what I consider ideal spaces for me and this friend of mine. And this person, their comment was really great job in how I addressed it. So they were appreciating my methodology and my mannerisms because in all of this, it's done with a level of respect. So again, We don't need boundaries the way you'll see a modulated person do because we don't feel unsafe with our loved ones. Furthermore, again, there's a way of knowing that it's uh, humorous and fun and whatnot and all that we are basing our mannerisms on and the ability to uh, relate to each other is instinctive is what I'm going to use as a word which is why we discard and disregard our loved one's input, because they're not our own body. They are their own body. Furthermore, we don't have to believe and think the same way they do. This is what it means to be accepting of yourself. And that's why I compared myself to my teenage self, because I'm not a changed person. I'm just a more mature version of myself. My name is Maria. And To the death of me, don't touch me. (laughs) It's my body, as I told my mother at three years old. And here's where that affirmation is something that you will laugh at if you're a love cycle person, because you will not be afraid of being rejected in the sense that if you don't like me for who I am, I'm going to say, fuck you. It's good. We don't have to be friends. Don't make me feel bad about myself. Because if you do, I'm still going to, you know, engage with you, humanly speaking, I'm going to be sad, but I'm going to basically at a certain point say fuck you for real. And that is all I have to say, because no shame in being oneself means I have no shame in being an individual with my own personality. Every one of us has a beautiful personality, which is why, like, the big ba- man baby child, I know that they play and are nice and whatnot, and they don't represent any kind of threat. But at the same time, I know that because they're getting uh, leverage to, to, to tease this way, there's actually people, they think this human being is my boyfriend. You're not my boyfriend. Get away. So there's a, there's a way the Italians have to say And so I say, you're ruining my marketplace. You're making me unavailable when I am available. So move the fuck away so that people can stop misunderstanding our our friendship. (laughs) So, yeah, we tease on that note. And the reality is, people from the outside will see that friendship and they actually do get under the impression that me and this person are an item and we're not. And this needs to be maintained clear. So, there you go. Have a laugh or two. But in, in all good fun, they are a very, very sweet individual. However, on a serious note, when it comes to people who have types of uh, types of patterns of behavior, while others consider them not important, it's not true from a wise perspective. And, and now I'm talking as a person who supports people with personal development and all that I learned from the somatics and sensory motor therapist Having a a cycle, having a compulsiveness is very important to note, that one can uh, trust because of seeing recurring people interact. So yes, in in a whole year, I know that it's safe. I also know through my own body. And that's another place the therapist, I've always stated, you pay attention to your body because we're all nervous systems. So we all speak to each other through that. So any person, if you can become your integrated mind, a restorative embodied self, so you cancel this past, you have mind sight, mind sifting, and mindfulness, and you trust in yourself, and you trust in humanity, this is very specific, because that's the part. We're not scanning like the people who are in 4D, 3D, or in insecure bodies. They're scanning with prejudice with discrimination, with biases that they're not even aware of, okay? Their own opinions are not in their peripheral view. A 5D mystic in the Enlightenment Soul age group, I'm being specific because I'm talking about my experience, I will tell you this, my gut, always spot on. Being able to disengage from my biases is ideal in a way of wanting to support people to have an opportunity to meet compassion, Okay, remember that uh, Sadhguru Zen tradition story that I read to you recently where he says compulsive. Now, he's talking only about a thief and he is giving a Zen uh, tradition or whatever. But when you look at the sentence, a compulsive thief is caught red handed again and again. How to deal with him. Two stories give us an insight into punishment, compassion and human nature the compulsiveness is what i want you to know because that's what a shame cycle is and that's what the self-soothing mechanisms are human suffering is a aspect that can be brought out of the existence of humanity i plan on keep on highlighting all of these aspects together as always because of knowing education it empowered me it empowers me it empowers you so this compulsive, it doesn't have to be a thief. It can be drugs. It can be shame. It can be, it can be all. And a person, when meeting that compulsiveness with compassion, so while punishment, which is shaming, judging, blaming, faulting, which is of all the modulated and all the other people who are not in their Enlightenment soul age group yet, or 5D mystics for that matter, so they will use their own judgment and opinions and cast stones, their punishment is can only make that person more rock-solid because they already have the compulsivity of doing that which is not in their best interest. But compassion beyond reason will shatter them. That's because they will be met with a truly compassionate heart and their fragmented sense of self, which is an infant. All of us have began that life again as an infant. This is what people don't gather. It's very simple. Being met with unconditional love, with flaws and imperfections, is what every human being... Would want from the beginning of their birth to then have again one third attunement and then ideal repair and rupture to have secure attachment. Then you would need obviously wise human beings to allow you to be a differentiated self. That's where it's a little bit different, but that's why every person also has a journey. However, talking about this in the spectrum of again adulthood, when you can be around people and have compassion, all those people are being given an opportunity to tap into more of them if they want. If they don't, they don't have to. Compulsiveness is an aspect that is very serious for those of us who understand what it means. Again, it's not physically life-threatening, but it can be annoying. So we don't need boundaries because it's something that we're, oh my God, this is you know something I don't like. It's annoying. No, it's for me natural because I'm dealing with a baby. I'm dealing with a baby who doesn't know how to stay within their uh, lines, for real, not pretend, okay? And so I have an obligation, and really what it is, is I want my space. (laughs) That's what it is. So it's more of, they get very excited, and then they're uncontrollable, and their energy gets in my space, they get in my space, and so, long story short, this is one example of how we have a very good time with all people, but we will continue to be people that say, okay, the way that we say it, most of the time will be in a way that is seen as firm and respectful. Sometimes we get snappy, like with that other, the ignorant, illiterate man. But why? So here's where I know why, because of knowing me. What happened? In that scenario, they intruded with my loved one, the big man, baby child, in a way that, to me potentially can hurt the feelings of my friend and I don't want my friend's feelings to be hurt and I reacted in a way that was defensive so my tone was snooty was harsh was not forgiving was not nice it was of an adaptive child but I know my reason it's because they again interacted while I was having fun with my friend and their interaction was an insult to my friend and this is where I got defensive of my friend. This is not justifying it, may I add. I don't justify my adaptive child. This is where I say I take ownership. I know if anybody touches my loved ones, I will not be a nice person. I will try my best not to be that, but this is who I am. So when you can accept that you do know who your family of origin is, who your oversoul is, and your love is unconditional, but there's... Ways that those of us who love our loved ones will feel. And I I haven't seen any person not feel that way about their own loved ones, by the way. So this is where there's no shame when I get like that. I feel bad and then I try to make up to the person who I snap to, you know. And in this case, that person, I was able to revisit a colloquial interaction with them. They're still (laughs) as illiterate as before a little bit better, but uh, that's for another time. In the meantime, what I'm trying to say is we, we don't like to shame because there's no need to, but sometimes we all make mistakes, right? And that's why we can say we're sorry through conversations and interactions and lead ourselves to be more joyful and respectful and communicative. I hope you enjoyed. Have a wonderful day.